This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We don't intend to make any changes to our management team or, or basketball ops in the short term. We, we will evaluate uh, and work with, and we have been working closely with, with Mitch and, and Fred uh, and team here. And uh, we think, uh, like, in, and you know, I, I am an investor in businesses for a living. This is what I do. And, uh, you know, I think good ownership is, is ownership that, that uh, comes in, evaluates, works with a current team, does not make uh, rash decisions without full evaluation. And, and that's what we'll do. That is Rick Schnoll of uh, Plotkin and Schnoll, ladies and gentlemen. That is not a law firm in town. Those are your two new owners of the Charlotte Hornets. They were announced yesterday. I guess on Wednesday, it actually became official. And then yesterday, uh, they were introduced in a press conference as the new owners of your Charlotte Hornets. And uh, Rick Schnoll saying what we, what we expected to be the approach. In the short term, there won't be any changes um, season will be here for, before you know it, so there won't be any changes in the short term to management, but he is evaluating. He's not making any promises beyond just in the short term, we're not going to make any changes. And, and listen, I, this, this is tough. I, I don't want to... I don't want to be an ass and, and sit here and, you know, well, try, don't change now. <laughs> try to, you know, say I want nice people to lose their jobs or anything like Like, I don't, I don't feel great about that. But I, I just think a, a lot of freshness over there in that organization um, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And maybe next yeah. off season, you know, maybe the end of the upcoming season. Unless they knock it out of the park. Unless they have one hell of a season, Bone. And then maybe, you know, the new owners feel like, hey, let's roll with what we have. Well, it's going to be a full evaluation year from the, the players, right? Because... You know, there's there's some guys like Miles Bridges. He's unrestricted. There's Terry Rozier. There's a lot not unrestricted, but just in terms of their future, evaluating the basketball side, they're going to evaluate business, the arena, uh, everything's evaluated. That goes from all the players to the business to Mitch to probably Fred Whitfield. They're all they're all going to be under a full evaluation probably from now until uh, you know end of the year. And what, what what works. They'll, they'll continue that. What doesn't work, I, you got to give them that grace period to get in there as, as full owners, try to see what's working, what's not working. They, they need to, they have so much to do, not just from basketball, but they want to do arena work. They talked about, they talked about a lot of stuff that went on that was beyond the basketball court that they they want to yeah. focus on. Those renovations are supposed to start any day now. Yeah. Um, uh, remember that the, the money and stuff uh, from the city, everything has been, you know, approved. So they are about ready to start doing that. They intend to to create at some point a standalone practice facility, which I think a, a ton of teams have in the NBA and we haven't had. So that's something we're going to do. I heard they're going to put it down there in Rock Hill. <laughs> they be. talked a lot. I of, made that up. It was almost like it was almost like they were speaking about in a in a way that those that are in charge of universities would talk about facilities and upgrading. It feels like they think that to get them to a level. 
that's much higher than we've seen. It's going to be about facilities as well and the the other stuff that they need to upgrade, yeah, not yeah. just the not just the product on yeah. the court. I mean, I, I, a lot of it has already been in motion, obviously. Yeah. you know, but that practice well, they're taking out the, they're taking out the the bus station down there. Yeah, and they're putting yeah. in that fan viewing area like. Uh, Jurassic Park has in Toronto, and uh, what's the Bucks one called? I, I forget what it's called. Deer, Deer Park. We're gonna have one of those. So when they're the Deer District, isn't that? I, thought, District. I was gonna say I thought there was a water Deer Park. <laughs> I was so close. But we're gonna have one of those areas, Max. So what? Don't laugh. When there's big games <laughs> and we're nationally televised, they will then. They will then go outside, and we can watch whatever we're going to call that area. That's what I was going to say. you got to get in the playoffs to use that area. No one shows up when you're playing the Wizards, right, in April, and you're battling for the 12th seed in the conference. No one's going to want to hang out. So, But anyway, um, these guys are optimistic. And the one thing that I do like about these fellas is they are basketball junkies. Um, they both play basketball on the regular um, they love it. Uh, I think Schnall's 55 actually met MJ 20 years ago at MJ's fantasy basketball camp. That's where they met. That's where he um, met some big men also that he signed. <laughs> you have Plotkin, who's younger. He's 45. They both love playing ball. They both are hoops junkies. Um, I read the Rod Boone article where Rod talked to them separately, and Schnall was talking about how he watches every team in the NBA. Like he just he knows every team can can tell you so much about every team he just loves the sport and Plotkin was talking about how Mark Williams came in at the end of the year and he watched remember Plotkin's the one that already was the minority owner yes. here for the last four years so he's watching closely but he 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 just waxed poetic about Mark Williams being the rim protector this team hasn't had for years and it's like these guys these guys love it now that can be good and bad right they're passionate about it so hopefully that transfers over to a you know, investment in money, you know, and resources to make this team better. But the one rub is when you start to hear guys bone that start telling you all this stuff about what they notice watching ball and stuff, you start to hope they don't go MJ and start trying to make the basketball decisions themselves. Right. You I, know? I wrote down three things that, that I liked what I heard. And again, it's what we heard. They have to put that into action. We get that. Words are one thing. Actual action is the other. But Schnall uh, is getting an apartment here. He said he plans to spend a lot of time here. Will he? We hope so. But I think an owner being present has been a problem the last couple of years and being invested on a, whether it be a day-to-day -day or a week-to-week, -week, whatever it is, having one of the owners here around, that matters. You use the term invest. They mentioned investing in the future, uh, or excuse me, in the franchise. That matters because it's not just investing in spending money with the, the cap and that, but investing eventually down the line and be, being able to spend more on a head coach, I think is important. Can you can you spend some, when a big name coach is available down the line, not knocking Cliff, when a big name is out there, are you willing to go above and beyond to get a big name coach in here? And they use the term, excuse me, they use the phrase long-term vision. And Mac, you know as much as I do, what have they not had here for many, many years? They have not had a long-term vision. Their vision has always been from October to April, how do we just stay alive? How do we get to seven seed? That's not long-term. <laughs> Their long-term lasts about six months or so. We need a long-term vision that goes beyond just hoping to have a chance at the postseason. We need to look at, yes, this season, but the next season and the next season Will they have a better and more patient long-term approach than MJ had? Yeah, that would be nice. That would definitely be nice. No doubt about it. All right, let's hear a little bit more from uh, the new bosses. 
uh, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin from yesterday's presser. Uh, they talked a big game. And I don't know how y'all received it as fans. But they, you know, or did you roll your eyes and are you cynical and skeptical? Or do you hear them talking a big game and does it get you excited? But listen to part of that from Rick Schnall. They're not pulling any punches. They want to be a great franchise. Uh, it's our job to be great stewards for, for, for all of you uh, and this city. And uh, our obligation is to do the best job as we can as stewards. And, you know, we, 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 we intend... We have a single, simple goal, uh, which is to create the premier franchise in the NBA. Uh, and and we, we should have that expectation. All of us should have that expectation. We will strive to create that for, for all of us uh, as we go forward. Just a simple goal. Just become the oh, premier yeah. franchise in the NBA. That ought to be easy. Just snap your fingers. I mean, I'm sorry. I got to really, I have to tell Cynical Mac to leave leave the damn studio. On some of these, my goal is to it's be hard not to be cynical. My goal is to be a radio icon and a sex symbol. That's my <laughs> my goal for the future. Mac, oh, it's man. weird that you said this during a break and it's so accurate that there's there's two owners though. There there's a there's a duo here as owners. How many? Yes, there's a lot of people that are involved in ownership groups. We know that, and this one has about twenty deep, including uh, Grammy award winners. But how many times are the two primary guys both the, the owners? In sports, where both guys are at a presser. Or, I was asked that during the break. Like, literally, is there one in Amer North American major sports? Is there I, one? I don't know. Is there one where they have two dual owners? And not only bone are they co-owners, dual owners in that way, but like they. I guess the Steinbrenners were with Hank and Hal, but then Hank died after George died. So I guess the Steinbrenner family was Hank and Hal. But now it's just Hal, so they, that was they, one. Well, to, to emphasize how much of a partnership they are as owners, and that one guy doesn't rank above the other, a couple of things. Scott Fowler asked yesterday, do you own the, the same percentage of the team? And Schnall said we own a similar percentage. So it's close in what they own. But how about this little nugget? They will, every five years, Schnall is currently the considered the governor of the team. Like at owners' meetings, he will be the guy that represents but in five years, it'll switch to Plotkin. And then five years after that, it goes back to Schnall. They literally take five-year shifts of being the governor. So we'll see how it goes. It feels very, if not unchartered, very rare. And you, they seem like they're pretty close, pretty tight. They've known each other for years. They've been talking about, like, maybe owning a team together for years. So they've kind of had this vision now for a while. But I just... The absolute nightmare scenario is these two guys get in a battle of egos and they end up in like a stepbrothers kind of like, you know, a slap fight or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just I just hope oh, egos God. don't get in the way and this works because it's different. You know, when can I sing my new song? A schnall's in charge. Uh, oh, yeah. You can let of it rip our, any time. Of our team and our nights. <laughs> you can let it rip in any time. There, schnall's bro. in charge of our free agent rights. <laughs> Of our bird rights. <laughs> oh my God! Um, That's only sung during the Schnall years. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a song for Plotkin yet. We also need to know, like, are we going to call them Plotkin and Schnall the whole time? Are we going to shorten it down? Are we going to come up with a nickname? Like, are we going Schlotkin? <laughs> or, or, or is that is that what we're going with here? Sounds Schnall? like a hot. I mean, what are we doing with the name? I don't know. This is all, it's happening so fast. Or do you go with Gabe and uh, Rick? Do you call him Gick? 
I'm mean, sorry. I'm sorry. What? what? Gick with a G. Oh, oh my God. My heart <laughs> like, sank. What are we, oh go- what are we what going with, Bone? Or are they I just Plotkin and Chanel? What are we I, going it's with? It's probably just Plotkin and Chanel for now. We don't know them well enough yet for the, the duo nickname here. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Schlotkin. I got to be honest with you. I have dibs on Schlotkin. If anybody else picks that up, no, it started Nobody, here. nobody it started has nobody. on uh, Gick. Okay. Uh, no, nobody nobody knows that. Nobody's going near either, either of those. <laughs> Schlotkin. I'll just call them Gabe and... Uh, no, Rick. Yeah, yeah Gabe and Rick. Go. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, Schlotkin could be a thing, baby. Sounds like it a, could be a sounds thing. like a, uh, a cheap German beer. <laughs> how much uh, how much uh, input is Eric Church going to have into the uh, moves of the team? Well, he will be able to, if we're in the playoffs, he will be able to uh, cancel concerts. He had that written into his just deal. set him up. I just set him up like <laughs> I'm the John Stockton of radio. Well, I, oh. Boney, I hear he's hoping for uh, record years, apparently. Oh, nice. I see what you did. There, there we go. All right, like Mac. People like say, it. how are the ratings so good on this radio show? This is this is it we right We don't here. know the answer. These two guys just battled like they're Federer and uh, Roger Federer and uh, Nadal. All right, let's get to the next clip here from the presser. Let's get Gabe involved a little bit, all right? The second half of Schlotkin. Uh, Gabe Plotkin, he talked about Michael Jordan. Remember, Michael Jordan still has... A minority stake. Rod Boone reported that I guess Jordan was getting two mil on this sale. And it was originally reported three mil. And I didn't understand that if he was still keeping a minority stake. Uh, Boone seemed to uh, be reporting it's two million Michael's getting. and uh, But still, a minority stake in this team. And Gabe Plotkin basically said, um, uh, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not exactly kicking MJ out here. Uh, listen to this. We had a lot of conversation with Michael. But one of the last conversations, he said, look, I want to see this thing through. You know, we haven't had the success that I had hoped for, but I know we have something great happening here, and I, I, I trust you are the right guys to take this team forward, And uh, but, but I, I don't want to leave. And so, you know, he's Michael Jordan. I think he can have great input and insight for us, and we'll continue to, uh, to lean on him in situations where it's appropriate. So there you go. MJ's advice, trying not to be cynical and snarky. MJ's advice could still come into play. Hopefully just not about like who to draft. Mac, we, like won't, we won't know this for a while, but I'm interested in the future of roster building. How much are they going to be willing to go over the luxury tax to try to get this team to a different level? Because that's one thing with MJ, that he would not go over uh, the threshold of the luxury tax until they <laughs> until they got to the certain area that they never quite got to interested to see what their status what they think about going over that if they're getting close are they willing to go above and beyond that what are they going to do with that's that the stuff? thing i'm not we, people people always said ben jay go over the luxury tax i'm not sure it's considered smart business to go over the luxury tax when you're fighting to be the seven seed. it wasn't so like they have to build a contender first i would think before you would do something like that uh by the way bone i know you're going to be excited by this but we have people chiming in on what we should call the tandem of plot. No, no, I'm actually, I'm actually hurt by this. I wrote down my lyrics for Schnall's in charge, and that just gets moved to the side because Max got his nickname list over here. Go ahead. AC wants it to be S&P. S&P, of course, is a thing in like business, so that would kind of, you know, kind of a dual meaning there. And then the P-Man, baby. Why is the P-Man up so early oh after God. calling the penalty shootout last night? I don't, think he, I don't think he slept last he night. Because he thinks, I don't blame him. Man. That think, must have been thrilling. He thinks he made the three stops in the PKs. <laughs> uh, he wants it to be Plotnall. He wants to go with Plotnall. Um, I love I love when we name stuff. I, I wonder if we had a Major League Baseball team here, what they'd be named. 
704-570-9610. I just always curious about if we had a baseball team or love that topic, what would we have a baseball team? Go ahead, though. Back to you. Okay. All right. I'll let you work on that one, Bone. I know you have not discussed that before. By the way, Ron the Plumber says uh, he just woke up, so he's not sure he heard me correctly. But did Max say Michael Jordan made uh, two, got $2 billion for his share of the team? Or $2 million. Uh, It's $2 billion. Yeah. I said $2 million. And only Ron the Plumber corrected me. I, Two I, billion is you the number. Were, you were still talking, so I let it go, and I was going to say it, but then it came back to the nickname stuff. So I did. I forgot that that was an issue. I thought it was actually two million. That sounded about right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, two two billion dollars is what Rod Boone said with a B. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio ninety two point seven WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab twenty milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different. Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We've been talking about expectations for all the local teams. Phil Steele's got App State picked number one in their division there you go. In, uh, the, uh, in, in, in the Sun Belt Conference, and that would be a huge bounce-back year from last year, 6-6, six 3-5 and six, three and five in conference. I know this, Bone. Our next guest has already told Flounder off the air he is cranked up today. They start uh-huh. camp today Hell yeah. in Boone. So on the first day of practice, this is football. we get a chance to talk to App State head coach Sean. Clark. Coach, we hear you're cranked up. Man, it's a great time on the mountain. Uh, we just had our first uh, meeting this morning, and we're going to do a walk through here shortly and, and practice this afternoon. So it's a great day on the mountain. Football season's back, and all is right in the world right now. All right, so Coach, I mentioned that Phil Steele is is in your corner saying you're going to win the division. He's a good, he's pretty good at his predictions. That's a good one to have in your corner. But it feels like there's a lot of skepticism out there, a lot of people wondering what will happen this year with a new quarterback, with Chase Bryce moving on, and, and after last year, last Last year's season, you know, can you guys bounce back? I know that wasn't what you expect on the mountain. How, what, what does last year mean anything? Is it motivation? Does it, does it mean anything to you at this point? Well, last year is not where we want to be, but we're not going to look in the rearview mirror. And, you know, this year, it's not a rebuild or a reload, or a reset. So we reset our whole program, everything we do, every facet of our program, we assessed it, how we need to get better. But, you know, um, there's a lot of questions people may have on the outside, but I feel very confident in our team right now. Um, we are breaking in a new quarterback, so it's been a great competition between Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar all through uh, winter workouts, spring practice, and through summer camp. So uh, these next three weeks are really going to determine who runs our offense and, and give us a chance to win. And then on defense, no one really talks about our defense, and I'm really excited to watch these guys compete. Uh, I've called them the, the no-name defense because no one on our defense has been picked as a preseason all-conference player. I don't agree with that, but that's why you play the game. Uh, to go out and prove you're worthy and to have a chance to win a conference championship. Coach, you mentioned a program reset, your first meeting today. When you look around that meeting, 
who are some players you look at as guys you're looking to step up from the leadership point of view this season? Well, I think it starts with our offensive line with Isaiah Helms and Buffy Williams. And you know, we have a very deep um, running back room. That starts with Nate Newell and Monty um, Marshall, Anderson Castle. And then, you know, we have a, a really a great receiver room. And, and those guys were all back last, from last year. They played a lot of football on the offensive side of the ball. And on defense, I think it starts with our, our linebacker, uh, Andre Parker, and then Nick Ross on defense. Uh, we have two local kids. Um, playing corner with Tyreek Funderburk and Ethan Johnson there from the Charlotte area. So uh, I feel really good where we are on defense. Coach Sloan and his staff have an outstanding job of, of making sure we know what we expect from our defense this year. Coach, you, you, I'm going to have to ask you more about your quarterback. You knew this. You knew you weren't getting all, off easy by just mentioning that there is a he, competition. He put his football <laughs> reading glasses on. There he goes. I got to ask you. All right, so Ryan Berger, redshirt freshman, and then Aguilar is a guy that's a JUCO transfer, a little more veteran, right, a little more experience um, at the college level, at least junior college. What are your thoughts on that bat? I mean, do they go into camp like literally kind of like in a virtual tie? What like, And, and, how, and how worried are you? about going from the ultimate experienced stud in Chase Bryce to someone that will be a new starter for you? Well, that's that's the uh, million-dollar question. But, you know, I feel very confident in both those quarterbacks. Um, there, there was really, through spring practice, there was no one really pulled away from us. We brought both quarterbacks in and let them know we're going to continue this competition uh, through fall camp. And, you know, both those quarterbacks are very good friends off the field. But I, I truly believe that that competition brings, uh, brings success. And uh, we're going to continue that competition and see what happens here. I'd like to name the quarterback the, the Monday before our first game, but if it takes till Friday before the first game, we'll do that. But uh, really excited about both quarterbacks. Coach, when you look at your schedule this year, you have non-conference games at UNC, ECU's on there, and of course the yearly conference game, which we talk about a lot here against Coastal. How fun is it for your program and your fan base to have three matchups like that in a year, all with local interest? It's, it's great. I mean, they don't they don't do any favors with scheduling here at App State. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm very excited about our non conference schedule. I'm very excited about playing in state schools: Gardner Webb, North Carolina, East Carolina. It's great for college football. It's great for our fan base, and, and that shows. This is the second season we've sold out our season ticket allotment as far as season tickets, and uh, we'll set a new single attendance record this year um, as far as our fan base goes. We have a very passionate fan base, one that will travel, and one that that's excited about App State football. Coach, looking when we look at uh, the defensive side of the ball, I know you said, hey, nobody's talking about the defense. I still think some people, and I think they do it with UNC's defense too, I still think some people can't don't get that game out of their minds. You know, the, the game that looked like a basketball score and was just that insane fourth quarter, and they almost, you know, I think we almost, that, that kind of shapes our view of the defense. What do you think about this unit this year? Because when App has been good, it feels like that side of the ball that y'all been flying around, speed at the linebackers, big dogs up front. Like, what's that unit going to be like this season? I think you'll see the, the old App State football defense. I, I really do. And, you know, we, we did a, a good job last We weren't very good on in red zone defense, and, and that, that that showed. Uh, we gave a lot more touchdowns up than we have in the years past, and uh, we have to improve on our red zone defense. But, you know, I look at our, I look at our depth chart, and, you know, uh, 30, uh, of the 32 signees we had, 17 are transfers, and, and 10 of those are on defense. We had to get some we had to get some bigger players. Our conference has changed. The, the Sun Belt, uh, in my opinion, is one of the top five 
top uh, conference in all of college football, just not Power Five or Group of Five. So uh, we had to get bigger, um, and we did that through the transfer portal. Sean Collins from from Rutgers and Mike Fletcher from um, Michigan State, and we've added some he- uh, key pieces here and there. So um, we're going to be young at the spots. We're going to be older at the defensive line, but and these guys are really keen to get us through the all season. Uh, just how they they stuck together through tough times, and I think from last year to this year, it's night and day. Coach, you mentioned this player in passing, but I wanted you to speak more about uh, Nate Noel. He's back this year as your as your lead running back. Cam Peoples now. We're rooting for him in Charlotte. Had him on the show recently, but Nate Noel remains. How important is he going to be for what you guys want to do, especially trying to replace Chase Bryce and what he did in the passing game? Well, he's very important to our offense, and, and Nate Noel was a first-team all-conference player and a 1,000-yard rusher in 21. And no one's talking about him right now. And he's changed his body. He knows in order to play, he's got to stay healthy. So he's gained about 19, 19 to 22 pounds in the offseason. He looks different. He's running faster. And that room is deep. I'm talking about Monty Marshall, Mikel Haywood, uh, Anderson Castle, Kanye Roberts. So we're five, four and five deep in the running back position. But Nate Noel is a, a key uh, factor in our success this year. All right, Coach. This is the most important question. These football questions are great. I'm psyched up about the season starting like you are on the first day of practice in Boone. But here's what I really need to know. Because some app fans, the answer is yes. And some of them seem a little divided on this. Do you have both? Uh, Luke Combs and Eric Church, two app guys, do you have them both on your playlist when you're listening to music? Well, both are great country music artists, but uh, there's uh, my phone is loaded with Luke Combs, and uh, he's been a great friend of the program. Uh, and so anytime I get a chance to go on the boat in the summertime or a free moment, it's, it's Luke Combs everywhere. He, there he, you go. He rocked the stadium he here did. in Charlotte, man. 50,000 both nights. Um, uh, and I think app fans like your answer, um, judge, judging by the text. All right, brother. Hey, we wish you the best, man. I know it is a uh, important season for y'all to get back on track. We're rooting for you here in Charlotte. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Come see us on the mountain this, uh, this fall, okay? Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. There's a new sound coming from Uptown. Riley Leonard, Duke quarterback, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach Elko's very first press conference. He got off the plane, went straight to our indoor facility, had this huge press conference, and preached the word now. And he said, we're going to win now. And once you hear that after meeting after meeting over and over again, you start to believe it. We carried that out throughout the whole offseason. We go into the first game. And it was true. We shut Temple out to zero points and, and put up 30 ourselves on offense. But after that game, it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy really is um, who he says he is. He's going to win football games here at Duke. So that was a huge mindset and a huge culture change for us. Listen to the Wes and Walker Show weekdays from noon to 3, only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show.
We've been talking about expectations for all the local teams. Phil Steele's got App State picked number one in their division there you go. in uh, the uh, in, in in the Sun Belt Conference, and that would be a huge bounce back year from last year. Six and six, three and five in conference. I know this bone. Our next guest has already told Flounder off the air. He is cranked up today. They start uh-huh. camp today. Hell yeah, in Boone. So on the first day of practice, this is football. We get a chance to talk to App State head coach Sean. Clark. Coach, we hear you're cranked up. Man, it's a great time on the mountain. Uh, we just had our first uh, meeting this morning, and we're going to do a walk through here shortly and, and practice this afternoon. So it's a great day on the mountain. Football season's back, and all is right in the world right now. All right, so Coach, I mentioned that Phil Steele is is in your corner saying you're going to win the division. He's a good, he's pretty good at his predictions. That's a good one to have in your corner. But it feels like there's a lot of skepticism out there, a lot of people wondering what will happen this year with a new quarterback, with Chase Bryce moving on, and, and after last year, last Last year's season, you know, can you guys bounce back? I know that wasn't what you expect on the mountain. How, what, what does last year mean anything? Is it motivation? Does it, does it mean anything to you at this point? Well, last year is not where we want to be, but we're not going to look in the rearview mirror. And, you know, this year, it's not a rebuild or a reload, but a reset. So we reset our whole program, everything we do, every facet of our program, we assessed it, how we need to get better. But, you know, um, there's a lot of questions people may have on the outside, but I feel very confident in our team right now. Uh, we are breaking in a new quarterback, so it's been a great competition between Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar all through uh, winter workouts, spring practice, and through summer camp. So uh, these next three weeks are really going to determine who runs our offense and, and give us a chance to win. And then on defense, no one really talks about our defense, and I'm really excited to watch these guys compete. Uh, I've called them the, the no-name defense because no one on our defense has been picked as a preseason all-conference player. I don't agree with that, but that's why you play the game, uh, to go out and prove you're worthy and to have a chance to win a conference championship. Coach, you mentioned a program reset, your first meeting today. When you look around that meeting, who are some players you look at as guys you're looking to step up from the leadership point of view this season? Well, I think it starts with our offensive line with Isaiah Helms and Buffy Williams. And you know, we have a very deep um, running back room. That starts with Nate Newell and Monty um, Marshall, Anderson Castle. And then, you know, we have a, a really a great receiver room. And, and those guys were all backlash from last year. They played a lot of football on the offensive side of the ball. And on defense, I think it starts with our, our linebacker, uh, Andre Parker, and then Nick Ross on defense. Uh, we have two local kids. Um, playing corner with Tyreek Funderburk and Ethan Johnson there from the Charlotte area. So uh, I feel really good where we are on defense. Coach Sloan and his staff have an outstanding job of, of making sure we know what we expect from our defense this year. Coach, you, you, I'm going to have to ask you more about your quarterback. You knew this. You knew you weren't getting all, off easy by just mentioning that there is a he, competition. He put his football <laughs> reading glasses on. Here he goes. I got to ask you. All right, so Ryan Berger, redshirt freshman, and then Aguilar is a guy that's a JUCO transfer, a little more veteran, right, a little more experience um, at the college level, at least junior college. What are your thoughts on that bat? I mean, do they go into camp like literally kind of like in a virtual tie? What like, And, and, how, and how worried are you? about going from the ultimate experienced stud in Chase Bryce to someone that will be a new starter for you? 
Well, that's that's the uh, million dollar question, but you know, I feel very confident in both those quarterbacks. Uh, there, there was really through spring practice, there was no one really pulled away from us. We brought both quarterbacks in and let them know we're going to continue this competition uh, through fall camp. And you know, both those quarterbacks are very good friends off the field, but I, I truly believe that that competition brings uh, breeds success. And uh, we're going to continue that competition and see what happens here. I'd like to name the quarterback the, the Monday before our first game, but if it takes till Friday before the first game, we'll do that. But uh, really excited about both quarterbacks. Coach, when you look at your schedule this year, you have non-conference games at UNC, ECU's on there, and of course the yearly conference game, which we talk about a lot here against Coastal. How fun is it for your program and your fan base to have three matchups like that in a year, all with local interest? It's, it's great. I mean, they don't they don't do any favors with scheduling here at App State, yeah. but you know, I'm I'm very excited about our non conference schedule. I'm very excited about playing in state schools: Gardner Webb, North Carolina, East Carolina. It's great for college football. It's great for our fan base, and, and that shows. This is the second season we've sold out our season ticket allotment as far as season tickets, and uh, we'll set a new single attendance record this year um, as far as our fan base goes. We have a very passionate fan base, one that will travel, and one that that's excited about App State football. Coach, looking when we look at uh, the defensive side of the ball, I know you said, hey, nobody's talking about the defense. I still think some people, and I think they do it with UNC's defense too, I still think some people can't don't get that game out of their minds. You know, the, the game that looked like a basketball score and was just that insane fourth quarter, and they almost, you know, I think we almost, that, that kind of shapes our view of the defense. What do you think about this unit this year? Because when App has been good, it feels like that side of the ball that y'all been flying around, speed at the linebackers, big dogs up front. Like, what's that unit going to be like this season? I think you'll see the, the old App State football defense. I, I really do. And, you know, we, we did a, a good job last We weren't very good on in red zone defense, and, and that, that that showed. Uh, we gave a lot more touchdowns up than we have in the years past, and uh, we have to improve on our red zone defense. But, you know, I look at our, I look at our depth chart, and, you know, uh, 30, uh, of the 32 signees we had, 17 are transfers, and, and 10 of those are on defense. We had to get some we had to get some bigger players. Our conference has changed. The, the Sun Belt, uh, in my opinion, is one of the top five. Uh, conference in all of college football, just not power five or group of five. So uh, we had to get bigger, um, and we did that through the transfer portal. Sean Collins from from Rutgers and Mike Fletcher from um, Michigan State, and we've added some he- uh, key pieces here and there. So um, we're going to be young at some spots. We're going to be older at the defensive line, but and these guys are really keen to go through the offseason, uh, just how they, they stuck together through tough times. And I think from last year to this year, it's night and day. Coach, you mentioned this player in passing, but I wanted you to speak more about uh, Nate Noel. He's back this year as your as your lead running back. Cam Peoples now. We're rooting for him in Charlotte. Had him on the show recently, but Nate Noel remains. How important is he going to be for what you guys want to do, especially trying to replace Chase Bryce and what he did in the passing game? Well, he's very important to our offense, and, and Nate Noel was a first-team all-conference player and a 1,000-yard rusher in 21. And no one's talking about him right now. And he's changed his body. He knows in order to play, he's got to stay healthy. So he's gained about 19, 19 to 22 pounds in the offseason. He looks different. He's running faster. 
And that room is deep. I'm talking about Monty Marshall, Mikel Haywood, uh, Anderson Castle, Kanye Roberts. So we're five, four or five deep in the running back position. But Nate Noel is a, a key uh, factor in our success this year. All right, Coach. This is the most important question. These football questions are great. I'm psyched up about the season starting like you are on the first day of practice in Boone. But here's what I really need to know. Because some app fans, the answer is yes. And some of them seem a little divided on this. Do you have both? Uh, Luke Combs and Eric Church, two app guys, do you have them both on your playlist when you're listening to music? Well, both are great country music artists, but uh, there's uh, my phone is loaded with Luke Combs, and uh, he's been a great friend of the program. Uh, and so anytime I get a chance to go on the boat in the summertime or a free moment, it's, it's Luke Combs everywhere. He, there he, you go. He rocked the stadium he here did. in Charlotte, man. 50,000 both nights. Um, uh, and I think app fans like your answer, um, judge, judging by the text. All right, brother. Hey, we wish you the best, man. I know it is a uh, important season for you all to get back on track. We're rooting for you here in Charlotte. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Come see us in the mountains uh, this fall, okay? <laughs> There's more of today's latest and greatest coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. The world of college football is just in a shambles right now, at least if you look out west. And uh, man who played his college football in the Pac-12 conference, or his Pac-10 at the time, is the great Ryan Leaf who joins us on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Ryan is now working on the straight line pod for Points Bet USA and a lot of other entities as well. We've seen him on also Good Morning Football here recently as well. And Ryan, a good friend of mine. What's going on, Ryan? How are you, pal? Long time no speak. Willie P. Good so so good to talk to you, brother man. How you doing? I'm good, dude. So uh what does it make you feel like when you're seeing the Pac twelve go through what it's going through currently? Well, you know, you, you and I were, you and I were actually talking about this stuff. What eight years ago, seven years ago, when we were doing our radio show, I'm like this, this was an inevitability. You know, the money was going to rule the world at, at some point, and I always, I always felt that there's going to be a national collegiate football league. Plain and simple, that's just what it's going to be. It's probably about, you know, anywhere from 36 to 44 teams. It's the teams that that can, you know, afford to be in that conference, be in that league. And unfortunately, like my alma mater, um, they're probably going to be left out in the cold. Now, having said all that, these schools that that aren't going to or are going to be relegated or whatever they want, they're still going to play football. If you're a fan, you should still be able to cheer for them, all the things. The one thing that, that, that I'm disappointed in, if, if the Cougars were to go out and have a year like we did in 1997 where we got to play for a national championship, maybe it, maybe it happens one in a millennia. But you get that opportunity, and, and that unfortunately will not will not be able to happen um, with the direction it's going. But uh, sooner rather than later, we're going to see this thing all play out. And unfortunately, well, it's it's not going to be made. Decisions aren't going to be made by fans, by players, by coaches. Probably not even athletic directors. 
can be made by presidents of the university in a conference room looking at a spreadsheet ultimately. Well, the thing, too, that I keep coming back to, and one of the things that, that you and I were speaking about, again, eight years ago when we were on the radio together, is that, you know, this is before NIL, and a lot of the, the angst centered around the players not getting theirs. Well, the, the players are getting theirs now, and it's almost as if the administrators have come back and almost said, hey, you know, where's our bigger share? And eventually, you know, all the money in the world is going to run out eventually, Ryan. And, and as a result, you know, I almost feel like there's a lot of a wide variance of complac of uh, of complicity that go around to a lot of different entities. I don't think there's anyone here you can come off and say is is blameless as part of this. Yeah, unless the Saudi fund gets involved, I guess. You know, so you're not the first person on the show to bring them up. You're not the first person on the show to bring them up. Our producer Evan uh, also brought them up earlier. Yeah, um, you know, it's I, I I don't have I don't know why I'm not I'm not really that. Like, a lot of people, like, I read their, some of them, and they're, like, really broken up about it. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know why I'm not. I don't know why I'm not as, I, I know that my, my, my college football is still going to be absorbed. I'm going to consume it. I'm going to love it. Uh, once, once these guys get, get on the field and start playing, and when I'm calling the games, it's still going to be the same way. So, you know, I'm, I, maybe, maybe I'm just in shock. I don't know. I, I haven't really... Um, come to um, come to the the point where I, I think this is this is breaking anything. To be honest with you, I, I understand the the history and legacy of college football and rivalries and things like that. That's going to be disrupted. But all I want all I want is to see good football, and I, I think ultimately we're going to we're going to see good football. Ryan Leaf joining us here. Points bet USA straight line pod. Former NFL quarterback joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'll shift to the NFL because I want to get your thoughts on on Bryce Young joining the Carolina Panthers. It was a shrewd move uh, to move from nine to one, but when I made when when they made that move, I basically thought it was going to be for Bryce Young all the while, and sure enough, it was. What do you make of this big bet? Uh, one of our hosts here calls him Little Lottery Ticket, but uh, it seems to me like he has continued to wow everybody. He's already been named the starter by Frank Reich and obviously made a lot of great impressions on folks uh, in Spartanburg and beyond. Yeah, he's, he's a special young man. You know, he he's an incredible leader. Uh, he is, I think, done a, a, a lot with a little in terms of physical stature and... Uh, and people respond, you know, teammates respond, coaches respond. They realize it really quickly. Um, you know, my only real question mark, and this is always, you know, the case because you just, it's an, un- you can't, can't measure this variable. How is someone going to be able to deal with failure at the very highest level? And, and that's, a, that's just a variable you can't quantify until they actually go through it. I think he's mature enough that he can deal with it in a good way. I also think this team is going to be pretty darn good defensively, which will allow him to be, uh, you know, learn, and, and he's got great coaches around him. Um, my, the, the thing for me on all this is, like, he's never lost. Like, dude was a star at modern day. They won the SEC his freshman year. He won the, the uh, um, Heisman Trophy. His redshirt year, he watched Mac Jones go out and win the national championship. Uh, you know, in the only two games they lose last year, it really had no fault of his own. He, he got the team ahead in both cases, or tied, and, and LSU gets get the lead on the last play of the game, as does Tennessee. So, you know, what happens if this, this team struggles out the gate a little bit? 
and uh, um, and, and things things kind of are on a slow roll. You know, how does he deal with that? How does he deal with failure for the first real time in his career? You said something that uh, earlier this week, I was actually on the same wavelength as you, and I got called out on this radio station. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have any love for Sean Payton, because uh, I don't. I, don't, I think he's basically a summarial jerk and uh, we kind of knew that going back to his way when he was with the New Orleans Saints you know being in the division we get a little bit of a up close and personal feel of him but it's also sit here and say that Nathaniel Hackett maybe went a little bit too far in his retort back against uh, Sean Payton I would have liked him to maybe lap it off a little more and uh, seeing your take on it I felt like you felt similarly I, I did I, I simply felt like he didn't need to respond like you know just especially you knowing you're going to play him, there's nothing you can really do. You know, I would have almost placated him a little bit and said, oh, you know, Sean Payton, the Super Bowl winning coach, uh, you know, you know, I will genuflect at the altar of, of Sean Payton. And, you know, and, and I understand completely um, where he's coming from and, you know, look forward to week five. You know, that's, that's ultimately what I would have done. You can be self-deprecating. You can be in a, a situation where, um, um, where you, you know, you, you simply feel like you take the high road and then you walk into Denver week five, you put the hammer down. And then if you want to talk a little, talk a little smack, you know, by all means. But I, I think this affected the, the Jets a lot more than it affected the Broncos. I mean, you saw Robert Sala step up to the stage, you know, come out of nowhere with a, a catch raise like it, you know, if they ain't hating, we ain't popping. Uh, and then you have Aaron Rodgers pulling a Will Smith saying, keep, keep your coach out coach's name out out your mouth uh, or, or my coach's name out your mouth then he comes with a catchphrase around glass houses and stuff so I mean it's it just it just seems so um, unwarranted I mean and, and don't get me wrong Sean Payton this was completely unnecessary I'm condemning the fact that he had to say this I understand what he was doing he was trying to have his quarterback back because it's going to take everything he's got a quarterback that's teetering you know on that razor's edge around around his confidence uh, in being an elite quarterback so it's it's drama. I think ultimately affected the Jets a little bit more than it than it did the uh, the Broncos, and we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, you know, the Jets are a fascinating story. Everybody mm-hmm. in the world betting on them to win a championship, and and it's just for me, it's just a really interesting story because the expectation for them is a Super Bowl or bust. I mean, there's nothing left if it, if it deviates from that plan at all. I mean, you could really see something just implode. Yeah, it's weird. You know, as, as somebody, and you know you know this from my background, somebody who at least grew up rooting for the New York Jets, you know, the Jets' biggest rival was never the Patriots or uh, the Dolphins. It was expectations and hope. It is. It is, you know, and uh, Jets fans have been very vocal with me about it. You know, they, they, they feel like they've got the answer. Um, the team was very good. Quarterback play was poor. You add in a four-time MVP, uh, that should um, alleviate any concerns. AFC is loaded. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely loaded. So it, it, it makes for a very interesting season. You look at their schedule. I don't know if there's been a more important opener for them. Like if they, it's at home, Monday Night Football, September 11th, in New York against the Buffalo Bills. If they are not able to win that game, they then go on the road to Dallas in Week 2. They take on the Patriots, then the Chiefs, then that Broncos game, and then the Eagles. I mean, there's a real chance. Uh, this team could easily be eight and two after ten games, as well as be two and eight, and it, that would just be devastating uh, for everybody involved. There, it's just there's so much expectation because I don't think anybody feels that way about Carolina. You got a young 
quarterback, you got a new coach, you got a defense, you got skill position players that need to step up because of the loss of, 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 of Moore. I, you know, Christian McCaffrey's gone. There's just not really a lot of expectations. So I think this team could literally exceed that and have a very good year. And that just doesn't exist in New York. It, ne- it rarely does. It's been such a dumpster fire over the last decade. To have all this expectation now makes for a very, very interesting conversation. Talk with Ryan Leaf. A uh, variety of credits for him, not just the. Uh... Just not only the straight line pod from Points Bet USA, but also Sirius XM NFL, ESPN, Westwood One does a lot of stuff on the college game as well. Uh, I want to also get your sense on the whole thing going on with the running backs. As I saw you talking about this with Andrew Brandt earlier this month, and it just it seems to me that, you know, a lot of the talk is quieted down, although the Jonathan Taylor stuff continues to rear its ugly head in Indianapolis. But uh, what do you make of, of what needs to happen, either from the Players Association side or from just the players' side themselves, to where uh, they get what they want, or is it going to be a situation where they just have to, you know, shut up and play, so to speak? Well, I mean, that's all they can do right now. I mean, uh, you know, what, their leverage is not to play, but if they don't play, somebody else will. I mean, the reason why Austin Eckler is in there right now is because Melvin Gordon chose to hold out that year, and Austin went out and absolutely destroyed everything and became the player for the Chargers. So, holding out for running backs has not, um, not paid any dividends. And unfortunately, they signed a 10-year CBA three years ago. So seven years from now, that's when you really can attack it. And unfortunately, which I think has always been a mistake by the NFLPA uh, around their executive committee, is they don't have former players on that committee. In fact, former players don't have a voice in the voting or you know, you know, designing and help design what the CBA should be because they have a better you know, 30,000-foot view. So a lot of these guys that are up in arms about it right now, uh, they need to be part of that executive committee because they're not going to be playing seven years from now when it's negotiated. Unfortunately, they're going to be the ones that, that suffer, um, and they're going to have to be the ones for the, the, the catalyst for change if this were to happen. Uh, hold-ins are possible, right? That's, but we've seen how the Colts countered that this week by saying, hey, he showed up, um, saying he had a back issue that was undisclosed and uh, during the season and off the field. So, therefore... You know, he's an MPI type of uh, uh, designation. So, I mean, the team's going to play hardball. They, they, they won the negotiation around the CBA. Uh, they know it. Uh, they're going to enforce it with the franchise tag and however they need to do it. So, unfortunately, there's not much anybody can do uh, if you're trying to make any sort of real change when it comes to the economics uh, of the NFL because of the CBA that's signed and the length of the CBA that was signed. You can find him on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling the app now uh, at Ryan D. Leaf. Uh, plenty of things that he does, but uh, you've been a great ambassador, a great friend, and I-, I love the things that have been going on in your life. I know that uh, you and your wife are expecting. It's going to be a lot of fun to see that happen and see MacGyver be a big brother. Um, always love hearing <laughs> from you, man, uh, and hope everything's going well with you and yours. And give my best to Anna as well, Paul. She's sitting right here in the car, so she's listening to you, Willie. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Uh uh, people don't realize Will 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 broke me in, man. He taught me the ropes, taught me how to be on the radio, taught me how to do a two hour show. So I appreciate you, man. It means a lot. I got I got Duke and Clemson on Labor Day night, man, so I'll be down in your neck of the woods a little bit, uh, here in a couple weeks. We'll make something happen, pal. Appreciate you. All right, pal. Take it easy. You tuned into instant replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of
Charlotte sports fan.